Many within the church have felt that they were never good enough. Have you ever felt that way or known anyone who felt that way? What this reveals is that they have never truly understood from the Bible the understanding of what justification by faith means in the Word of God. For if they truly understood, then they would never feel truly and stay in that situation of never being good enough. Because of this, many people have felt despondent, discouraged, because they have always felt never good enough. So this morning, may God help us to understand from the Word of God what justification is, so that we may truly experience the salvation of God this morning. Let us pray. Father, as your word is open, we humbly ask that you may help us, Lord, to understand your word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As Christians, is there any room for boasting? Look what the Bible says. The Bible says, where is boasting then? It is what? Excluded. In other words, there's no room for it in the Greek. There's no room for boasting. And it says, by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. In other words, there is no room for boasting when it comes to being justified, to be made righteous, when it comes to salvation, to be born again. There's no room for boasting among Christians this morning. Amen? Now, why can there be no boasting among Christians? Look at your red papers. And I just did this so we can go through the sermon um, better as we study our Word of God. We put in a couple of texts here and spirit prophecy quotes. But look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of what? Yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should what? Boast. There's a correlation here now between boasting and salvation by works and by grace through faith. Okay? Now, boaster is one who brags or one who talks about what he's done. Maybe just talks about what he's done. Now, if you believe you work for your salvation, then the Bible says that you will boast. Right? If you believe you're saved by works, then you will boast. But when we realize we're saved by grace and not by works this morning, and that is a free gift, then we will not boast according to the word of God. We will not boast. Now what if I said to you, I'm going to give to you a brand new car. If, <laughs> if you work hard for it this summer, you work very hard, I see you work hard, then I'm going to give you a new car if you work hard. Now, the end of the summer, you worked very hard. And true to my word, I gave you this brand new free car. True to my word, I gave you this car. Because you did work for it, and I gave you the car, because you did work hard for it, you're then able to tell everyone that you received this brand new free car, this, not free car, brand new car because you had what? Worked for it, right? So in a sense, you can boast or tell people that I did this, that's why I received a brand new car. Do you see that, beloved? Now, what if I gave you a brand new car as a free gift? 
Now you couldn't work at all for the, for the, because for the moment, the moment that you begin to work for this free gift, it is no longer a gift anymore. You see that? I give you a present for whatever. Your, um, I give you a present. The moment you work even a slight little bit for it, it is no longer a free gift, right? Now because it was a free gift, you're then not able to tell everyone you got the car, the free car, because you had worked for it. Are you following me? You cannot boast or tell that because I got this free car, I, I got this free car because I had worked for this free car. You cannot tell that. No man, no person could boast of this free gift of a new car. In the same way, if you're earning your salvation by your works, then, beloved, you have every reason to boast this morning. Let me say that again. If you're earning your salvation this morning by your works, then you have every reason to boast because you had a part in your salvation. If we were saved by works, then the righteous would boast over, over the wicked and then they would constantly compare themselves with each other as to who had done the most. And the Bible says comparing themselves against themselves is not wise, the Bible says. But beloved, good works are the result of salvation and not the prerequisite for salvation this morning. Now, look at your Bible text here. What is the reason why a person boasts? Habakkuk 2 verse 4. Notice what it says here. Why a person is prideful and boasts? It says, Behold, his soul, which is lifted up or prideful, who boasts, is not upright in him. In other words, the reason why a person boasts or is prideful is because their soul is not upright. In other words, they have, they have sin in their lives. In other words, they're, true, they're not really converted. They're unconverted according to the word of God. It reveals that they have a sinful heart. And that's the reason why people boast of why they're more righteous than the other people, or put down the other people in the church why they're sinful, and I'm not. Look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. Now, what does the Bible say to the person who boasts of their righteousness and claims that they have lived without sin for many years? Now, I heard people say, I've lived without sin for so many years. What does the Bible say about the person who claims to be sinless? You know what the Bible says, 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. The Bible says, if we say that we have no sin, present tense, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not what? Who's the truth? I'm the way of the what? The truth. So Jesus is the truth. So those who say they have no sin or they're living a sinless life, they're deceiving themselves, and Jesus is not within them, beloved, this morning. Now, what happens when we confess of our sins? Look at... 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, that we have sinned, we're sinners, we're, we're, we've sinned, He is faithful and just to do two, two things. To forgive us our sins, number one, beloved, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Morning. Amen? In other words, He forgives our sins. If we confess we have sinned, He not only forgives our sins, but He gives us victory over sin this morning. Amen? Victory over sin and forgiveness of sin comes because, beloved, we realize that we have sinned this morning. 
It's only when we acknowledge our sins that we are forgiven and cleansed from our sins. And it's only when we realize that we are sinners that God then forgives us and keeps us from sinning, beloved. But if we say we don't sin, then that is evidence that we have sin in our lives. In other words, in the plan of salvation, there is no room for human boasting or human pride this morning. Amen? No room for human boasting at all. That's why it says you cannot boast as a Christian. Look at these quotes here. I'm going to read to you from Acts of the Apostles. Ellen G. White, page 562. It says here, Let those who feel inclined to make a high profession of holiness look into the mirror of God's law as they see its far-reaching claims and understand its work as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, they will not, what? Boast of what? Sinlessness. They will not boast of sinlessness. Look at the next quote. Bible Echo, December 1st, 1892. Andrew White, paragraph 5. The closer you come to Jesus, the more what? Faulty you appear in your own eyes. Amen? For your vision will be clearer and your imperfections will be seen in distinct contrast with his perfect character this morning. Amen? Moses, the leader in the wilderness, came down from the mountain not knowing that his face shone, beloved, with the glory of the character of God this morning. Amen? Daniel the prophet, whom they looked to find fault with him, and they could find no fault within this man at all, could find no sin. Pray to God that we have sinned, beloved, this morning. Amen? John the Baptist, called by Jesus the greatest of all prophets, said he was not worthy to unloose the sandals of his master this morning. The apostle Paul, considered to be the greatest of all the early church, said he was the chief of all sinners this morning, beloved. Amen? The more closer we come to Jesus, the more we will confess that we are sinners. And the more we confess we are sinners, the more we will then reflect the beautiful character of Jesus Christ this morning. Amen? Amen. And if any saint was to ever boast in heaven, they would immediately sin. But this would never happen. For all who were ever admitted into heaven, beloved, this morning, we have fully learned the lesson that it was God who had saved them, and he deserved all the honor, glory, and praise this morning. Believe what I'm saying. Let me say amen. amen. Now, what is Paul's conclusion? Turn to Romans chapter 3, verse 28. Romans chapter 3, verse 28. Notice the Bible says. Paul says, we've been studying this three chapters. It says, therefore, we conclude that a man is justified or made righteous, we study that, with his salvation, by faith, without or apart, the, without the deeds of the law, or the works of the law. Now, one is justified or made righteous without the works of the law this morning. And because all are sinners... No one can perform the works of the law, no matter how strong their desires. In other words, justification is by faith alone in the beginning of the Christian life, in the end of the Christian life, 
and all the way down throughout the whole Christian life as a Christian, it is by faith and faith alone this morning. And a Christian cannot be justified any different from the sinner. And a Christian can never get so good in his Christian walk that he will one day be justified by his works. But we're not justified by faith and works. We're justified by faith which works, beloved, this morning. Amen? Amen. By love. Which works? By love. A true faith will work. A false faith will not work. True faith will bring the righteousness of Christ into our lives this morning. Now, does faith make void or abolish the law of God? Look at Romans chapter 3, verse 29 to 31. The Bible says, Is he the God of the Jews only? Is it not also the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. It's the same God. Everyone's on the same equal plane. We all have the sinful flesh. Then it says in verse 31, Do we then make void or make of none effect the law through faith? And notice what Paul says. Paul says, God forbid, yea, we establish the law this morning. Amen? In other words, faith, beloved, this morning establishes the word of God this morning. Faith will bring into the life the very life of Jesus Christ this morning. And because Christ was obedient to all of the commandments of God, that very life of Christ will come with us and we will become obedient to the commandments of God also this morning. Amen? Now, there's the law of works and the law of faith here this morning. Now, there's two different types of settings here. There's the people out there who believe in what they call cheat grace. And that means that it doesn't matter what you do. You can do whatever you want and still love God and you're going to be saved. That's one group. And then there's another group on this side. And this group believes in keeping the commandments of God this morning. Amen? Amen. Which is what the Bible says. But what happens is, Within this group, according to Paul, there were two different groups. There is a law of faith, people, and the law of works, people. And they all had the same goal, and they're all going in the right direction. They want to keep the commandments of God, which is good. But unfortunately, of this group that's moving in this direction, I would say about 95 or 98% or going in the direction of the law of works rather than the law of faith this morning, beloved. They have the same goal, the same goal of obedience, but they have one major difference. The person who believes in the law of works, they have to do works in order to be saved, never obtains true righteousness. While the person who believes in the law of faith in order to be saved truly obtains true righteousness this morning. Now, the person who follows the law of works is not always a hypocrite, beloved, this morning. For they have a sincere desire to keep the commandments of God. But they're deceived that they can work them out themselves this morning. But the law of works deceives the person in believing that a form of godliness is good enough for them and outward appearing righteousness of the Pharisees. But the person who follows the law of faith will receive Christ 
and His righteousness, and with thus receive the very substance, the true righteousness itself within their life this morning. Some of you know this morning that I came from a background of independent ministry, still speaking there, self-supporting ministries, in different locations still. And so I come from a background seeing this righteousness by works and righteousness by faith and realizing that a lot of people didn't truly understand nor attaining to the, the, the human righteousness of the law. And God had to open my eyes that that's what I wanted. I wanted the obedience of God, but I was going it through the different wrong way of human works. I did not truly understand righteousness by faith as it was in Romans. There was a Bible worker here, and very strong, sticking to strongly in the Bible through prophecy. I remember one day, I was walking around a corner, and there I saw him. Just sitting down there against the wall. And I, I, didn't, I didn't notice him at first, and I stopped, and I looked down, and there he was, just looking down. I said, what's wrong? And he says, Pastor. And he used to wear suspenders, very strict, very strict in, his, in the health, health laws. And so he said, Pastor, I said, well, what's wrong with you? He said, he pulled his suspenders, and he flapped it, and he said, it's all a farm. It's all a farm. And he came to the realization the same goal is obedience to God's commandments. That's good. But he realized he'd been doing it the wrong way. He had only the form of godliness, denying the power thereof. It was only a form to him. He realized that he did not have the true substance of Christ within his life. He realized that his Christian walk was only a form within his life. Nicodemus had the same experience. Turn me to John chapter 3, verse 1. John chapter 3, verse 1. You know what the Bible says? There was a man of the Pharisees. We learn about the Pharisees, what they believe. Appear, Jesus said they appear righteous on the outside. They have a form. Do what they do, right? Keep the give tithes, do what they do, but how, the problem is not what to do, the problem is how to obtain doing what is right. Amen? It's two different routes. There's a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, a well-respected man in the church. He was a Pharisee. He knew the law. He believed in obedience to the law. That wasn't the problem. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. So this Pharisee came to Jesus and he, what he wanted to do was he wanted to talk to Jesus about the great things that he had done. He brought up the subject about many miracles. So he brought that to Jesus. Now, how did Jesus respond? That's what the Bible says. Verse 3. He wants to talk about a different subject, but notice what it says, it says here. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be what? Born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God this morning. Amen? 
In other words, Jesus ignored this Pharisee. Jesus ignored what Nicodemus had just said. He ignored what he, direction he was headed. And said he went to the heart of the matter this morning. For Jesus didn't talk to Nicodemus about the miracles that he did, but instead he talked to him about the foundation of truth in which one must be born again this morning. Amen? He redirected his thoughts to being born again, to be justified, to be made righteous, to obtain the righteousness of Christ, of salvation. That's what he was focusing his thoughts to. Now, although Nicodemus was well respected, did he understand his experience of being born again? Look at verse 10. 4. Let's look at 4 verse. Verse 4. The Bible says, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus didn't even have a clue about how one was saved, for he was not saved himself, beloved, this morning. Amen? He was a man who knew all the church standards. He was a man who knew all the Bible prophecies. He was a man who knew all the doctrinal beliefs, and they're all good. But the one thing that he did not know as a spiritual leader, which was truly important, was how one was to be truly born again, beloved, this morning. Amen? And that's what we've been studying, the book of Romans, to truly understand how is one born again? How is one truly justified? Sanctification. How is one made righteous? How is one obtained the righteousness of Christ within our lives? And that's where we've been studying this. And the same way, beloved, there are many in the church today who know all of the church standards, who know all of the Bible prophecies, who know all of the doctrinal beliefs, but the one thing that they do not know is Jesus Christ and how one is eternally saved this morning, beloved. Now, what did Jesus then say to Nicodemus? John chapter 3, verse 10, you know what the Bible says? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou master or teacher of Israel? Knowest not these things? Don't you claim to be a teacher and you don't even know the foundational truth of righteousness by faith, not by the works of the law, but by the works of faith? Don't you not know the foundational, basic, simple truth from the Word of God? A teacher, not just a church member. Do you not know how to be born again? And I believe Jesus is asking us the same question this morning. How can you be a Seventh-day Adventist Christian this morning and not know the foundational truth about how you can be born again this morning? The principles set forth in Romans and Galatians teaching us the basic principles of what one must be do to be saved. How can we not know? How can I not know? How could I not have known in the past? How could I not only known the, the law of works and not truly understand the principles of righteousness by faith this morning? See, Nicodemus was trying to go in a different direction and Jesus brought him back and set him straight on the most important principle. And I'm going to read you this quote here. Manuscript releases page 143. It says here, there need to be four more lessons in the ministry of the word of what? True conversion. Let me say that again. There need to be four more lessons in the ministry of the word 
of true conversion, of being born again, than of the arguments of the what? Doctrines. Now, doctrines are good, and we believe that. Praise God for our doctrines. Amen? Praise God. But at the same time, the Bible said, then, the Spirit of Prophecy said, there needs to be far more on true conversion than also in comparison, than in comparison to teachings of, the arguments of, the doctrines of our faith. Amen? And then it says here, why? Because it's this. For it is far easier and more natural for the heart that is not under the control of the Spirit of Christ to choose doctrinal subjects rather than the practical conversion. Amen? In other words, the unconverted heart this morning naturally likes to focus on the doctrines, naturally likes to focus on the standards, naturally likes to focus on the prophecies. Though they're good, more than it is to be born again because one who is not converted, beloved, would not want to talk about conversion this morning. Amen? Well, why would you want to talk about conversion when you're like Nicodemus, you're not converted yourself? So the spirit of prophecy talks about it's easier. And I'm sharing this from experience, beloved. You can talk about prophecies. You can talk about standards and doctrines when you're not converted. But why would you talk about being born again when you're not born again? It pokes the heart. The spirit convicts you. It shows that you're not born again. So you want to stay as far away from that topic as possible. This morning, God wants a people who understand the principles of righteousness by faith, the message God has given to our church, to the spirit of prophecy, to A.T. Jones and E.J. Wagner, righteousness by faith, which is given to his people that may truly understand what it means to be born again this morning, that we may truly be able to reflect the character of Christ perfectly when he comes, beloved. That's what God wants for his people this morning. And he's waiting for you this morning to allow him to come into your life this morning. Do you want him to come into your life this morning? If that's your desire, let me hear you say amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.